Welcome back to The Shelf Oddlings. I'm Serafina. And I'm Eri. And the oddity that I'm feeling like today is a taxidermied mouse, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's in, like, a cult cloak, and someone painted a very shitty goatee on him, like, probably in Sharpie. And he okay. has a little Bible next to him that just says Satan Bible. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like you. Video Satan brand. Bible. I love that. What about you? What oddity are you feeling like today? Today, I am feeling like a mounted fox head, but half of it is regular taxidermy fox, and the other half is like exposed skull that's being like enveloped by moss. Oh, yes. That's how I feel today, because I would like to be enveloped by the ground by something that happened earlier that I have to share with you. Yes, <laughs> So I don't go out in public, right? For various reasons. The number one being, I'm just not great at interacting with people. And I'm, that might sound surprising. We have a podcast, you know, I talk very fluently on here, whatever, because I've known you for so long and I'm comfortable talking to you. Um, so there's this big, so we have this election going on or not an election. It's just a vote. And it's like hot contested issue. That's almost like Civil War the town. Like, it's rough. Like, you just see yes and no signs everywhere. It's just not great. And I'm there to vote yes, because it's something that I think is important. But of course, it might raise our taxes a little bit. And you know how that goes. We've had a bunch of rich people move in recently. And all of them don't send their kids to the school. And like, the school needs some help, right? So for international listeners who don't know, we have to vote on if the schools are allowed to get funding, <laughs> which is, it just sounds so ridiculous, but they're called levies, right? So you vote for this levy that's a tax levy. And if it passes, then we all get like a small amount of our taxes go towards the school, right? And the school's been trying to raise funds for a while now. And a lot of rich people who send their kids to private schools who have moved in recently keep voting no. Because, of course, they don't want to get taxed more. And it's not even, it's such a small amount. It's ridiculous we're even having this conversation. Anyway, so I go, it's been a big thing. We've been, like, getting the vote out, as you do. And there's a lady who's standing in front of the voters, uh, like, the city hall, right? And she (laughs) smiles at me. I smile at her, and I'm like, I know she's going to talk. So I'm like, okay, fine. And she's like, I hope you guys are here to vote yes. And I'm like, yep, it's the only reason we're here. Ha ha. Like, I like I make a joke about it, right? Right. And she goes, well, luckily, it's pretty easy. It's just one circle. You fill it out. And I just like laughed and walked in the building, right? Because she's already like, I've already slowed down my steps. I'm walking in the building, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think much about it. I just like laugh and like we walk in. So I get my ballot. (laughs) I thought that there were multiple issues we were voting on today. Oh, no. I didn't realize it was just the one. (laughs) I didn't realize it was just one question, yay or nay. (laughs) So I said to this lady, the only reason we're here, because I was like trying to like make it be like, yeah, we're here. Like I'm uh, the only reason I left my house today was to vote on this. I don't even care about any of the other stuff. And there was no other stuff. Oh no. And I was like, oh, that's embarrassing. And then I, we got home and I kind of had this moment of, I was like, does that lady think I don't know how to vote? Because like I made the joke about like, oh, we're just here for this. And she was like, well, just so you know, it's easy. It's just one question that you just put it, like you just fill the circle out on. Like, why are you explaining to me how to vote? (laughs) Well, (laughs) to be fair though, she's probably like this dumbass thinks like, what do you, of course, that's why we're all here. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I just had to share that with you because every part of it, I was, I literally, they handed me my ballot and I looked at it and went, oh my God, I'm an idiot. Oh no. And you can't take it back. You're like, no. Forever. Yeah, yeah, really awkward. It was really awkward, especially because I'm like, we're on the same team, and like, I just am like, <laughs> whoops, embarrassing yourself to your yeah. teammates. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like fumbled the ball. It's fine, whatever. Um, but the poll's just closed, so I'm hoping that we find out soon if it passed or not. I've heard good things. I've heard good things. So here's for hoping that the children of my town get to keep their buses. Woo! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, fingers crossed. A basic yeah. necessity. You know. So that's what's going on here. I have had a terrible weekend. Just an awful weekend. It's been so bad. Um, medical issues, of course, because healing isn't lin- linear. So I've just had like a rough ass weekend. And then I was like, you know what? Today's a good day. Today's the first day. I haven't wanted to just fall into the floor and not get up. And I was like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get in public. I'm going to vote. It's going to be great. Democracy rules. And I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> And I'm like, how could I explain to her? It's like, I'm not an idiot. It was the anemia. (laughs) (laughs) I said this weekend and I was like, what did I do this weekend? I went to a LARP game for the first time in like many years since pre-pandemic. Yeah, it's Um, been a while. Yeah, it was it was a good time. Um, I NPC'd, so for those who don't know what that is, it means you play all the monsters that the people who are paying to to be there get to fight, which I don't normally do, but I had a good friend reach out to me and ask me to go do that, so I did. Um, One notable thing that you guys would probably think is funny, they sent me, and ironically enough, there's another person there um, who has the same government name as me, so Mm. we went out as alligators. And uh, we were just supposed to fight them as alligators, right? Well, someone mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to cast Speak to Animals. And oh, they no. cast it on me specifically. So now I have to make shit up on the fly because I didn't plan on making anything up. I'm just a gator. I didn't mean <laughs> anything. Like, I was just expecting to go out there and fight them. But no, uh, PCs be wildin'. Mm-hmm. So they cast Speak with Animals and they ask me, they're like, what's your name? <laughs> And I'm like, my name's Gator One. <laughs> and um, the other person that I was next to, uh, she was like, yeah, my name's Gator Eight. And then, nope. of course, the PCs were like, what happened to two through seven? This is a crime. <laughs> yeah, we're just like looking at each other like this is not how this was supposed to happen. Um, and then, of course, the person who cast the spell did not like that we were assigned numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. And renamed us to Stuart and Alfonso. So nice. Yeah, Gator One forever. Gator One. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the other ones? <laughs> yeah, we didn't mean to like start drama, but we unfortunately did. <laughs> they're, now they're like rebelling a bit against the Gator genocide. <laughs> yeah, they're like, that's the big plot line now. Everyone's upset that they couldn't figure out what happened to Gators Two through Seven. That's so funny. Yeah, you know, you know, that's hilarious, dear lord. LARPing, <laughs> it just became like a D game out of nowhere. You're like, shit, fuck. it always is. <laughs> lord, well, I suppose that leads us into our episode today. Um, so today I am covering the Ohio State Reformatory, and most of my sources come from good old wikipedia my bestie and then um mrps.org which is like the main ohio state reformatory website Um, so the ohio state reformatory or osr as i'm going to call it for most of this um is also known as the mansfield reformatory and it is a historic prison located in mansfield ohio it was built between 1886 and 1910 and remained in operation until 1990 what yeah 1990 i did not know that yeah me either i thought it had closed like way sooner than that but way no. sooner whoa yeah while this facility was seen in a number of films including several while the facility was still in operation tv shows and music videos it was made famous by the film shawshank redemption in 1994. i did not know that that's crazy i've seen that maybe so many times and never put that together Yep, Ohio State Reformatory. Look at us. <laughs> Don't look at us. Don't look at us. Stop looking. <laughs> I, I included this one in here because I thought it was funny. Um, a music video for the song Smokeahontas by Attack Attack was 
part of that music video was filmed in, 2000, in 2011 there. And I saw that on the list and I was like, this must be included. <laughs> How the mighty fall, you know? <laughs> you know. Also, Ghost Adventures covered this location on season three, episode four in 2009. I do go over the Ghost Adventures episode throughout my notes here because, of course, I had to watch it. To yeah, I, a refresher. ironically, I watched it last night and didn't even know because we just had like the Ghost Adventures channel playing on Discovery Plus all the time. Mm-hmm. And we were like halfway through the episode, we we're like eating dinner. And he's like, and at the Ohio State Reformatory, I was like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, no. Something is afoot. Something's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's a good episode. I mean, it's an older one, and it's when Zach is probably in his most prime Chad era. I love it. It's my he favorite. It's really good. And um, it was also covered in December 2021 by Sam and Colby. Um, oh. They did an investigation there, which I did watch that. Not recently, but when I did watch it, it was pretty decent. I mean, Sam and Colby, I think, is not uh, everyone's taste. Because yeah. they're very what's this YouTuber. They're very YouTuber, very like stream on Twitch is the best way to describe them, I think. They're very um, yeah, yeah. If we get a yeah. hundred thousand likes, we'll put up how we got exercised. Yeah. Also, uh, real quick shout out uh, and vibes out to Colby. He just started oh, chemo. Yeah, seriously. So, you know, vibe out to him and like send some good vibes because that could not be fun. Yes. Absolutely. Also, I do actually like their content. If you look past the the YouTuber stuff, I think some of their stuff is pretty good, and they've caught it's, some really cool stuff. So it's the same vibe for me with Ghost Adventures. It's like embrace the camp. Yes. Just yes. embrace the camp of it all. Know that like they have good intentions, and they're just like campy, and they know how to make the YouTube algorithm work for them. You know. Right. I also think the important thing to remember when you're watching them is that they're starting this career and they're very much in the general um like same age range as ghost adventures when they started their career Mm -hmm. they're starting their career now when the internet's like already established and like any mistake you made is there forever not like Mm -hmm. you can make a mistake that might get forgotten (laughs) pre-internet right right 100 percent. give them a little grace so I wanted to start by going into the history, um, and then we'll go into the, the rest of the fun stuff. So okay. um, the field where the reformatory was built was used as a training camp for Civil War soldiers in 1862. The camp was named Camp Mordecai Bartley in honor of the Mansfield man who served as Ohio governor in the 1840s. I love the name Mordecai. Dude, me too. I saw that on here and I was like, also uh, Mordecai Bartley. What a name. That is a strong name. Also, I would like to point out, uh, we here in Ohio do very strongly claim our union soldiers. We were fighting for what was right. Just letting everybody know. (laughs) You're putting that out there. In 1867, Mansfield was promoted as a candidate for the placement of the new intermediate penitentiary, the original name before it was changed to Ohio State Reformatory. The reformatory was originally called the, quote, intermediate penitentiary since it accepted inmates who were too old for juvenile corrections, but had committed offenses more minor than those that sent others to the Ohio State Penitentiary. Interesting. And the construction began in 1886, and it remained under construction until 1910 due to funding problems, which caused construction delays. So it was in construction for quite a long time, which, as we know, typically causes problems. (laughs) Also, such an Ohio-based thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been working on the roads to, like, Columbus for the last 10 years. Literally, our main highway here has been under construction our entire lives. Yeah. Our entire lives. Um. So were they open before 1910, just not fully in construction, or did they not open until 1910? So the reformatory opened its doors to its first 150 offenders in September 15th, 1896. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if they had, because like in my head, they had like closed this in like 1950s, 60s. Well, it didn't close until the 90s. Right. So really, it was only in full gear for 80 years. And 30 of those years were longer than I thought. Yeah. Ouch. Okay. All right. I'm here. I'm with you. We made it. (sighs) 
So the Ohio State Reformatory was designed by Cleveland architect Levi Schofield. Schofield designed the striking limestone building to be an uplifting, inspiring, and intimidating structure. I think intimidating mm-hmm. of those words is probably the only one um, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. The East cell block remains the largest freestanding steel cell block in the world at six tiers high. So right. to kind of describe what that looks like, um, they show a lot of the footage of of the cell blocks in the Ghost Adventures episode, but it's basically like you can stand on the floor and you look up and it is six tiers of just like a hallway and all of the cells. And it's really high up. And then there's like a set of railings that are really not that high or that that secure mm-hmm. <laughs> on each level of the cell block. So it is very tall and there's not a lot of safety procedures. <laughs> it's honestly crazy. I was looking at that Ghost Adventures episode last night. It's basically, so you got your six levels and all of that is like a flat square. And yep. then there's two feet of metal scaffolding basically, basically yeah. and then like a rail and that's and like we're talking six stories high we're not talking six feet high we're not talking 60 feet high. we're talking six stories yes it and is like cool. the sixth story you just look over there you're just looking down there's not anything there it's just cells railing and then like a rectangle of like open air yeah crazy could not i would hate that every second of it yeah, it uh, the video footage of it looks insane. And I think, if I remember correctly, in the Sam and Colby episode, they did, like, run across it from, like, one side to the other with, like, a camera. And I'm like, hell no. Hell no. Couldn't catch me. Could not. I, I, even just watching it, I could not deal with it. It is uh, very nauseating. So I guess if you're afraid of heights, warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll try to post some footage if I can find it on uh, Instagram because it is yeah. it's it's like gut uh, like that feeling that you get in your stomach where you're like, I am not safe. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. So when the reformatory did open its doors, like we were saying in 1896 and accepted its first 150 offenders, these prisoners were brought by train from Columbus and put immediately to work on the prison sewer system and the 25-foot stone wall surrounding the complex. The only thing that's good about that is they're the first 150 people there, so the sewer system, not that bad. True. It could be worse if they were, like, could be weird. They were just, Yeah, they were just doing piping. Like, they were fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was still some um, not great labor going on there. But... Oh, 1,000%, but at least it wasn't shitty labor. Yeah. Well, literally. Literally. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. But, I just put it together. That's the same piping that in Shawshank Redemption he comes out of. Yeah. I mean, most of Shawshank Whoa. Redemption is filmed there. Yeah. That's wild. Okay. Sorry. I just, I just came together like Brain that click. scene. Yeah. That scene where he comes out and like he's like covered in shit and he's like in the thunderstorm. Like that piping is the piping you're talking about right now. That's crazy. And that's in our state. Yeah, I wish it wasn't. But like, here we are. (laughs) Um, Eventually, there would be over 155,000 criminals held here. Really? Yeah. And by the early 1960s, the state pulled its financial support from the reform model and began converting OSR into a maximum security facility a purpose for which it was never intended. So like I mentioned earlier, it was originally built to just be the intermediate penitentiary, and now it's being converted into a maximum security facility. So we are adding a bunch of criminals with, like, crazy crimes, like really bad crimes that are really violent people into a facility that was not built for that type of situation. I wonder if that causes any problems. Oh, I don't know. Let me get into it. (laughs) (laughs) So 200 people died that we know of, 200 people that we know of, um, at the OSR, including two guards who were killed during escape attempts, as well as one of the superintendents and his wife. So one guard was shot and the other one was beaten to death with an iron bar, which is insane. I can't imagine. 
Um, many prisoners, of course, died due to disease, specifically flu and tuberculosis, because you have a lot of people um, in a very small area. Yeah, it's not huge. It's not like no. a giant place. Yeah. Hmm. And of course, there were overcrowding problems. So. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah. Other prisoners were driven to mental breaks because of the conditions and um, trigger warning, obviously, but some were also driven to suicide, um, specifically jumping off of that scaffolding situation mm -hmm. and or, uh, you know, hanging themselves from that, that scaffolding situation because there's I... no safety. There's no safety railings to prevent that from happening. They can just do that. That's the part that's so crazy about is that like they never just put up like a second bar. No, or they never put up like I don't you could literally like cover that thing in some sort of like cage situation. Right, a and fence. Would solve all of that problem. Yeah. It's just a bar. Like I, I think that maybe we're not selling it. Like it's just a metal PVC bar that goes from one side of the wall to the other. Like there's like, nothing else. You could literally climb under it or go over it very easily. The idea that guards weren't pushed over that every day is insane to me. Yes. Then, yeah. I mean, there were people who were murdered that way. Who yes. Who were pushed off of the cell blocks. But, yeah. The but, like, you sneeze too hard on the sixth floor, dog. And you're, like, slipping and dying. Yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing to stop your feet from going over. It's just a, a bar at hip height. Yeah. It I is, hate it. Uh, it's crazy. It really is. So from 1935 until 1959, Arthur Lewis Glatke was the superintendent. Initially a political appointed following Glatke's work on the Martin Davy campaign. By all accounts, Glatke was respected by professionals and inmates alike. He implemented many reforms, such as piped-in radio music at the cell blocks, which I'm like... Honestly a vibe. Honestly a vibe. Maybe that should have been my oddity. I piped in radio music. Piped in radio block. music. Hell yeah. Um, so these are the two people that I mentioned earlier that were part of that like 200 body count because um, Glatke's wife, Helen Bauer Glatke, died of pneumonia three days following an accident in November 1950 where a handgun discharged when she was reaching into a jewelry box in the family's quarters, which is insane. Like, you didn't die from the accidental gun discharge, but then you die three days later of pneumonia. Say it with me, kids. That's called Final Destination. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Dang, fate really called her in. Literally. Like, hello? <laughs> are, you, are you there? <laughs> and then Glatke himself died following a heart attack suffered in his office on February 10th, 1959. So both of them died, like, on prison grounds. Wow. And neither from in like a, a, I don't want to say a devastating way, but like neither in like a violent way. Sure. Yeah. From illness, Christ. not like. Mm. Yeah. Damn. So Ghost Adventures also interviewed a guard who stated that inmates were extremely dangerous and any sort of violence could occur literally at any time. Um, the guard told a story about an inmate, I think they mentioned his name was Lockhart, who covered himself in paint thinner and caught himself on fire mm -hmm. um, while he was staying in the prison. And they were not able to save him by the time they got up to the cell. Um, he had pretty much already died. And there was also another prisoner there who, like, they were interviewing who had, had been in that prison. And he said that he was in the cell, like, I think next to mm -hmm. Lockhart. And he said that he, like... It got insanely hot and like super scary, obviously, because someone is a blazing inferno in the cell next to them, which is mm -hmm. really not that much space in between. Like we were saying, it's a very small area. And then he mentioned that when they were like dragging Lockhart out, oh, of I was the wondering cell, if you were going to say this. It literally haunts me. I have yeah. to. I'm sorry. It's all right. Go for it. When they were dragging his body out of the cell, his skin was literally like falling off on the ground, like as they dragged him. Well, like, so the the flooring on the scaffolding is that is like, like metal grate. grate, like a cheese grater. So yeah. they were dragging him, and his okay. skin was staying on the grate. Yeah. It literally every time that episode comes on, I'm like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate. I mean, luckily he was dead by that time, like fully yeah. not around but like could you imagine all of it the sound the smell knowing that was like just a person right next to you in the next cell like i could not 
brutal. And he's gonna remember that for the rest of his for life. For the rest, like, you don't, you can't unsee that. I literally, when you were talking about it, I was like, please don't tell me she's gonna talk about it because every time I think of the Ohio State Reformatory, that's all I can think of. I'm sorry, everyone, but of course I'm going to cover it. It is in my wheelhouse. Mm, it's just gross. It's just real. It's just so brutal. I know. Just such a brutal way to go. I mean, let alone catching yourself on fire, but then the like paint thinner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, thank you. Agreed. Absolutely not. Well, <laughs> hard to transition from that, so I apologize. Mm-hmm. The bloodiest single incident in the old prison's history actually occurred outside its walls. So in July 1948, when the reformatory's farm boss, his wife, and daughter were kidnapped and shot to death by two parolees bent on revenge. Mm-hmm. A six-state manhunt for the so-called, quote, mad dog killers ended in a shootout that left Robert Daniels of Columbus in custody and his partner James West dead. Um, Daniels said, quote, I'll get the chair. That's what he told the police as he signed his confession. And on January 3rd, 1949, he did. It's like just so much violence just on the grounds. And like it started as a place for like training military. So like. Oh, yeah. Also violent. (laughs) It's just all violent. Yeah. This country is founded on blood. Oh, yeah. Facts. It's all bad. (laughs) Yeah. And on top of everything else, there's also a cemetery on the grounds that has 218 graves. The tombstones are not marked with names, just with the person's prisoner number, which I fucking Uh, hate so much. I also hate that. Also, like, you cannot tell me that that isn't, like, a mix for unsettled spirits. Like, you you didn't even give them their name in their death. You literally kept them with their prison number. Like, What's also fucked up is, like, you knew their name. Yeah. You knew their name. You had to know their name. Like. There's no other option. Had to know their name. Yeah. That's devious and awful. Gross. Yep. So I did want to talk about the conditions in the prison because I feel like that's something that kind of gets glazed over. I don't even know that. I think that Ghost Adventures like kind of mentioned it. And also like I did some research to try to find more about the conditions because you hear about how bad they were, but it's actually Mm -hmm. really hard to find like how actually bad it was. So, well, we know why. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, not only cover up, but also we don't, uh, we can't have the public knowing how we treat criminals. Oh, yeah. Can't okay. sit, show them how the sausage is made. Also, that was a thing, too, with Ghost Adventures. Until, like, season nine, there's, like, a lot of hard takes in there. Oh, yeah. That, like, they don't really think about until the later seasons where they're, like, Oh, yeah. Prisoners were people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, so there's definitely that. And I think a lot of people probably, unfortunately, until 2016, when a lot of like police force stuff was like starting to be questioned, people didn't think twice about it. You know, well, at least white people. I don't want to say people thought about it. Trust me, just the national zeitgeist didn't give a shit about it until then. Yeah. Definitely agree. So when an inmate was sent to solitary, they were sent to a cage and stripped naked. They were then given one piece of white clothing. It's a cotton jumpsuit. And um, they would take the inmates to their solitary cell once they were changed. These cells were about 98 degrees all year round. Huh? Yep. No windows. It's literally like... You know, it's the whole, it's solitary mm-hmm. confinement. The right. only thing they were allowed to have was a Gideon Bible. What is that? I don't know. I was like, well, it's just a Bible. That's all I need to know. Oh, that's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, they show a lot of footage of the solitary area in the Ghost Adventures episode. No, thank you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, and they were just left there to rot, of course. Yeah. So, you know, the conditions there were not good. That's so, once again, perfect recipe for 
people either wanting revenge or spirits. Yeah. Um, there was a riot in the 30s where 120 people were responsible. The guards condemned the 120 rioters to share 12 solitary confinement cells for one week without food or water. What the fuck? Yeah. This punishment drove many of them to, like, the brink of a mental break, obviously, and death. Of course. Yeah, of course. Jesus fucking Christ. 12 cells for that 120 makes me... That are so 98 degrees by themselves. 10 people per cell. Yep. Where, like, one person barely fits in there. Yep. That makes me sick to my stomach. It really... Yeah, me too. <sighs> this area, the solitary area, is also where the guard who was killed with the iron bar was, was murdered. Well, Down no there. fucking shit. So. Yep. I don't... I know that more people especially with the internet and us having information like this to share with other people are realizing how bad things are how bad things have been and stuff but the idea that the people running the prison are most of the times the people that deserve to be in the prison yeah really is something that fucks with me like hard like the idea that people like People just were like, oh, I'm going to go into work. And that work is shoving 12 people in a cell that fits a person. That's 100 degrees. Yeah. And like people were just. Okay with that. Okay with like they just went home to their life. And people died from that. And they were okay with that. Like they were like, this is fine. It's just so crazy to me. This like, I don't know, the lack of empathy in everything, you know, like the lack of empathy And I think that's the worst part about looking at history is like not one person went, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah, like maybe we should, um, I don't know, not put people in this area that's like really bad. And like, sure, they were criminals and did things to like get in there or whatever. But like, how do you not see yourself as them? Like this other than that people can do in their brains when they're in scenarios like that is always something that's just been fucking crazy to me. Yes. I mean, I think that's also evident in the very distinct lack of safety procedures. Yeah, 100%. Um, when it comes to the, like, area of the cell blocks. Because even mm-hmm. if this was just an intermediary prison where they were housing people that weren't necessarily, like, quote, violent offenders or whatever, you'd think that you'd want safety measures for them and for, like, the guards. Right. Like, you would... I think that's the issue, is that me and you are both thinkers. So we're like, you would think, and it's like, well, yeah, you would think, but most people don't think. Well, I also think it's a moral value situation. 1,000%. Like, that's the part that blows my mind, too, is, like, American Christianity. Because, you know, all of those guards went to, like, church. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they All of them did. And on Sunday, we're like, our God is an awesome guy. While they're, like, literally (laughs) torching people. They're Satan themselves. Literally. That's, I mean, this is a prime example of... Not to get on my soapbox of hating Christianity, which I always love to do, but like (laughs) this is part of the reason why I don't feel bad about taking religious iconography and doing things with it, like flipping crosses upside down and shit, because the people that are preaching this are the same people that put 120 people Mm -hmm. in solitary confinement cells, 12, that only had one Bible in it, right? And, mm-hmm. like, that was it. And they're, like, we're cool with that. Yeah. Like, this idea of, like, I don't know. I always get I always get on my soapbox about this, too, because I let you go off about the Christian hate thing. But to me, it's even more than that of, like, just a societal thing of, like, the mental gymnastics that I don't understand. Like, when people, when I'm, like, well, if Hitler apologized and, like, rebuked his sins, then he's in heaven. And Christians are, like, yeah. And I'm, like, and that's. And that's not okay. Fine. <laughs> and like that's just, just like how that. you that's how you live your life. Like it's so crazy to me. Yeah. Like all of these guards thought they were doing the right thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, it makes me sick. It makes me absolutely sick. Well, to make you feel better, let's talk about <laughs> the closure of this place. Because it okay. does eventually close. So the reformatory remained in full operation until December 1990 when it was closed by a federal court order. As the result of a prisoner's class action suit citing overcrowding and inhumane conditions, it was Boyd v. Denton, 
uh, District Judge Frank J. Battisti of the United States District Court for the Northern District of Ohio ordered the prison be closed by the end of December 1986. 1986. Yep. It was open for four more years after that? I will tell you why. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this order was known as the Boyd Consent Degree. The closing date was moved to 1990 due to delays in constructing the replacement facility, the mm. Mansfield Correctional Institution, which stands gotcha. to the west of the old prison. So, again, construction delays because we are still in Ohio. Yeah, do be Ohio. So that's interesting. So it opens in 1986 and it closes in 1986. Well, it was given the prison order to close by the end of 1986. Well, but that's what I mean. I mean, I know yeah. it was open, but like the idea that like in a hundred years they ran this place straight into the ground. Yep, hundred <sighs> percent. Sounds like Ohio. Yeah, most of the grounds and support buildings, including the outer wall, have been demolished since the closing. And in 1995, the Mansfield Reformatory Preservation Society was formed. I'll talk more about them later, but I did want to include that in this part since they're part of the closure process. Okay. Okay. So let's get into our bread and butter, which are the hauntings, because mm -hmm. you know about everything that I just said, that place be haunted as fuck. Yeah. So some people claim, and we're starting off with a banger, so I apologize. Some people claim that they see a residual haunting of the people who hung themselves off of the scaffolding. It's not even scaffolding, but that's what I keep calling it because that's what it looked like. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, the amount of energy that is like stuck in that type of situation, I'm not surprised. Yeah, 100%. Uh, some people claim to see a white apparition peer around corners. Same with plenty of shadow people running around, peeking around corners, and running in and out of cells, which is horrifying. I hate it. Because, like, the idea of them running into a place that doesn't have an exit is just, like, extra scary to me. I don't know ew, why. Ew, I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, why sorry. would you do that to me? <laughs> I oh, I hate that. Also, I keep thinking, like, and once again, I understand they're criminals, but, like, they're stuck there forever. Yes. You're in jail forever. You don't get to leave. You're you don't there. get to leave. Oh, hate it. That's why I always hope that I know with shadow people, it's kind of different, but that some of this is residual haunting and that their energy has moved on somewhere else. Yeah. And that this is just leftover energy from the situation and not the people. Right. Um, people also report feeling like they're not alone or feeling like they're being watched, which not surprised with how many bodies were in that area. Well, sure. Also, it's a prison. So like that guard energy, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, people report getting grabbed and having their hair pulled, specifically women. Um, this was mentioned by some of the female staff members during the Ghost Adventures episode. So there was like a whole segment they were basically talking about how women specifically get uh, kind of more attention, which like yeah. makes sense because it's like all male prisoners. So I think we you see that a lot in prisons. Yes, I agree with that. People also say they hear footsteps. Um, they have a negative energy that people feel by when it happens, like multiple people in the room are impacted by it, which I think always says something because I think that depending upon how like sensitive you are to that kind of stuff, you really might not feel it. But mm -hmm. when it impacts like four people at one time, you're like, oh, fuck, like it's strong. Yeah, enough. hard to deny. Yep. Uh, Ghost Adventures and other people also got very clear EVPs. Um, which, like, I don't know if we've talked about EVPs. I think I covered a haunted episode or whatever one time, but it's electronic voice phenomenon. Anytime we say EVP, that's what it means. So it's basically they used, like, a little uh, voice recorder and picked up some sort of audio mm -hmm. on a voice recorder. Typically a voice. Uh, I know Ghost Adventures uh, puts, like, what is that called? When they put, it's not a credit. It is a subtitle. That's what it's called. <laughs> they put like a <laughs> subtitle of what they think they hear. And every time I'm like, I don't know that that's what it's saying. <laughs> There's been a couple of times now I've wondered this and I've talked to Dave about this where I'm like, do you think now that we have better audio, we can hear it differently? Because like our speakers on our TV now versus like 2003. Oh, that's a really good point. Are so different because there are times where they're like, I think that he said, 
would you like to go there? And it, to me, it's like, yeah, Tammy killed him. <laughs> like that's it's so different that yeah. it doesn't even sound slightly like whatever they were going for in the first place. Also, their audio editing was a completely different scenario back then too. Right. So yeah, that's a really good point. I've really I've never thought about that. So yeah, that might be it. Look at you. You're so smart. Hey, thanks. It's just well, because it bothered me because I was like, that clearly said Tom's donut. Like, what are you talking about? It says Britain rules. Like, sir, that's not even close. Like, I'm confused. Ghost Adventures also had issues with their audio equipment and batteries draining completely. So I have heard that's a big thing there when people go to investigate your batteries drain in an instant. Yeah, which I don't know if we've covered that, but typically that is a sign that like whatever is there is trying to use that energy to communicate, Mm -hmm. um, which makes total sense. But it's kind of crazy because in the Ghost Adventures episode, they have like two people hooked up like via audio or like all of them are hooked up via audio and all of them had fresh batteries. And all of a sudden, like one by one, their their audio equipment gets drained. And then the only audio they have is from a camera. And then suddenly there's some sort of camera audio interference and then they have no audio, which is like really scary. Yeah, I couldn't like because imagine what needs that much energy. Right, that it pulled like that many batteries, mm-hmm. which like when it's a voice recorder like that, that's not like a single double A. Like, right? It's a lot they of- have their mics have like full battery packs, like that yep. get charged, like a full lithium battery that gets charged, and it just drains. And you can watch it because they film. This happens to them so often that they film before they go in to make sure that they all have like full batteries, and they check it, and then they walk in the door, and it's like bloop bloop bloop, and it's like wait, what happened there? Yeah, that one always freaks me out because you're like something's there and like yeah. you're not they it's not like they're like oh I have a negative feeling and suddenly it drains it's just it drains so it's yeah. like it's not strong enough that you feel it which is honestly scarier to me yeah well and also like clearly something is around and you don't know you can't hear it you can't see it you you, you know like and then all of a sudden you're just like without any batteries hate that yeah. no thank you can I actually tell you, this is not, it's not in the reformatory. It's in a different prison, but that happened to Billy when he was in like the tunnels underground. Oh no, girl, and I don't like that. It drained like multiple of his flashlights. No. And when like in one of the flashlights, when it's dying, you see it like flash and in the flash, there's like something standing there. No. And it's what? too, like, I hate it because it's like a full person. Like it does, that- and it makes zero sense. That is some video game shit. I hate it. It's literally it's very Last of Us, or not Last of Us. I'm sorry. It's very Outlast. I I am not a fan. Please return yeah. to sender. Yes, well, I hate it. Like, I, but that's one that sticks with me all the time. Where he's like, my batteries are drying. And he like pulls out a second flashlight. And it happens to that one too, and it's just like a man standing against the wall, and you're like, <gasps> no. Billy, get the fuck out of there, <laughs> Billy, run, <laughs> run, Billy. No, thank you. Um, they also pick up a lot of orbs or visual anomalies. I have strong feelings on orbs, actually, because yeah. I think sometimes it's fairly legitimate. Other times, I'm like, I don't think this is a thing. Like, yeah. I, I know that sometimes it's definitely um, some sort of energy trying to manifest itself. And I think that a lot of them are very legitimate looking. But but in other times, I think that they just look. I don't I can't be sold on the thing that. Every time they pick up something, it's an orb. Like, I can't. Yeah, I'm very specific about it, too. I do tend to think, as someone who's caught a lot of orbs, that it's, like, something like our camera is just, like, technology's not there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Type beat. Um, But, yeah, sometimes I'm like, that could be a flare, you know? like Or that could be whatever. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting if you look at what dust looks like versus, like, what an orb looks like. And they're not the same. Yeah. Yeah, they're so true. different. So it's it's definitely hard. But yeah, there's sometimes I see an orb and I'm like, dog, <laughs> I did not <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I'm not, And I don't think um, the like dust or a uh, bug thing is like a fair assessment, because like you were saying, they do look very different. Mm-hmm. But I'm not always convinced that it's because it's it is paranormal. Oh, you think it could just be 
energy like, yeah or like it could be like i don't know someone fucking this happens to me i'm chilling on my bed and the sun is setting and there's a reflection off of my phone screen onto the wall or something sure 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 like, i just think there's so many variables that cause that sort of thing right that it's not when i see that it's not always a good sell for me i i get that for sure if they go to a place or if i go to a place or if anyone goes to a place and all you catch is orbs sometimes yeah. i'm like mm, i don't know yeah, I would agree with that. If, Need yeah. more juice, you know? <laughs> yeah, give him some batteries. Just, like, make a pile of batteries. <laughs> <laughs> the MRPS website has a list of the top eight haunted locations at the Ohio State Reformatory, and I wanted to go through them. Uh, the article was by Scott Sukel, who is labeled as the ghost hunt manager. <laughs> Which was funny to me. I assume that just means he runs the ghost hunts because obviously yeah. they run a bunch of shit out of there. But I was like, uh, what a title. Also, like um, immediately I'm imagining some like a ghost being like, I need to talk to your manager. <laughs> <laughs> like a Karen ghost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. The that's orb fair. has like a Karen haircut and everything. It's great. Oh my God. I love everything about it. So uh, number eight on this list is the East Wing first floor, known as the toilet room and East shower. So it's called the toilet room because it's literally a room with a ton of toilets just like laying on the floor, which is kind of creepy. Such <laughs> a liminal space. Yes, it Hate is it. such a liminal space. Not a fan. Uh, there's a sub bullet that says lately this area has been pretty good for experiences and evidence. Rarely do we have a night where nobody experiences at least a few shadow people down there, which no Ugh. thank you. And shadow people in like a liminal space also yeah. fucking gross. I hate it. So like there's so many toilets and it's just like a dude like bouncing back and forth. Hate it. Yeah. Not, he just really has to go though. Like He really has to pee. Like he just has to pee and he just keeps bouncing, he, you know? He's Goldilocks. He's just trying to figure out like which toilet is the right fit, you know? We've all been there. You know, we've yeah. all been in a room full of toilets deciding which one's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's definitely a shared person experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number seven, third floor, middle admin. This is an area that gets a lot of people. Shadow people, audible voices, footsteps, and the feeling of not being alone is the norm. Is the norm? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Also... Let's just talk about like this is the top eight. Like if any location has more than eight different spaces, <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like eight top ghosts that we see or eight top shadow no, people that are seen. It's eight, it's eight spaces. different spaces that multiple things happen in. That's too many spaces. Yeah, that's a lot. Oh, I would hate to be space number nine. Like you got like a couple things going on, but you're just like not that cool, you know? Not cool enough to actually make the article. Damn. Poor space nine. <laughs> uh so space number six is the sub basement this area has produced some pretty wild experiences and evidence this area was even avoided when the building was still in operation which i what? do not like yeah i am not a fan of that that's mm, don't love that, that means whatever's chilling in there has been in there a long fucking time and it yeah. is like extra bad like yeah and it also like I will say, in my opinion, when places now used to be one thing and are now like a place where you go to ghost hunt and they make money off of that, they can make up whatever they want, right? To sell things, that's fine. But like people were like, that was their job. Yes. To go to those spaces. And it was so haunted that even before it was a cool haunted place, they were like, nah, dog. Yeah. Like, no, hate you. that. Hate that. Yep. And that means that it was haunted before people started ghost hunting there, which is important. That's what I'm saying. Because, like, like, something Sam and Colby talk about is they have, like, an attachment, and that mm -hmm. attachment follows them to different haunted locations. That happens a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like... I don't watch their content enough. I've seen a lot of their videos. I've, I don't think I've ever heard them talk about that. So that is crazy. Yeah. And so, like, you have so many people that are coming there specifically to do this thing. Who's to say they mm -hmm. haven't been somewhere else and brought other shit here? Literally. I think about that time. And anytime Zach Beggins walks in a place, I'm like, what the fuck is he bringing here? Literally, like a fucking giant. No, we don't, I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about the shit that follows him because it oh, has no. to be hellish. Yes. 
just a posse of hellions. Like, I, mean, I can't he imagine. He literally has a museum full of the grossest shit I've ever heard of, so. Yeah, he just compiled it all in one area and was like, yeah, this is fine. And let's open it to the general public. I mean, honestly, I respect because, like, it is a cool place. But, like, could you imagine, especially in the shit that he then goes out, finds more stuff, and then brings that in to co-mingle with everything else? That's a melting pot of bad right there. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is me, Zach Baggins Ghost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, you guys? Just got back from the Ohio State Reformatory. Like, him and Peggy the doll just chatting it the fuck up. Yeah. Like, he's like a travel influencer. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, no. The toilet room, honestly, three stars for me. Too many toilets. It's like a fucking Yelp reviewer of the paranormal world. That's like, what I'm like. Yeah. Like, he just like goes around. It's like, instead of being like, my trip to Bali, instead, it's like, my trip to hell was wonderful. You know, the seventh circle was really pretty. But other than that, just so many people screaming all the time. And like, <laughs> the like the clown demons just like, oh, dude, I totally want to go there one day. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, wonderful. Well, <laughs> moving on to number five, which mm-hmm. is the chapel. Uh, oh. This area has made many skeptics less skeptical. Lately, the ghosts have been getting rather grabby up there. No. No. Don't grab me in the chapel. For real. What if I mean, we like kiss at the Ohio State Reformatory Chapel? What if? <laughs> Unless. Unless. Oh my god. Mm. Uh, why, why he kind of. <laughs> oh shit. Dude. We're just in a silly, goofy mood. We really do, be. We need to be serious gooses. <laughs> we do. I've never been a serious goose. Me neither. I don't bring the type of vibes that serious gooses appreciate. Me either. Well, uh, number four on the list, the West Attic. Let's just say a very well-known paranormal celeb had an experience up there and refused to go back in. I'm not saying who it was. I'll just say that he grabbed his scarf and walked out. I don't know who that is, but that is... Is that Chip? Who? Skylar? Chip. (laughs) <laughs> my shiny teeth and me um no chip uh he's a, a paranormal medium that's been on like a bunch of ghost shows and he i feel like he always wears scarves oh you're right coffee coffee yeah chip coffee yeah chip coffee hmm that's interesting that might be you might be on to something hmm. hate that yeah not a fan not a fan at all uh number three the admin basement there seems to be two different entities down there. One's nice while the other is not. <sighs> I don't like a I don't like a, a grab bag. Yeah, me either. Like you don't know what you're getting. Also, I feel bad for the nice one. Is it just stuck down there with the other one? Well, what if they're like besties? I hope they are. Could you imagine like an enemies to lovers <laughs> type like book? Oh, I would That's love that. That's what I hope it is. You're right. I do too. At least they're not stuck in the toilet room. Yes. Uh, number two, the cell blocks east and west. I've seen these areas bring grown men to tears. Many murders and suicides took place in these areas. Yeah. yeah. That energy will stick with you, that's for sure. And number one, solitary confinement, a.k.a. the hole. This was the prison inside the prison. Many men took their own lives while housed in this area. I cannot imagine the energy down there. Yeah, that place has got to be real gross. It has. It's just sad. Yeah. Just so sad and so angry. Agreed. And rightfully so. I would not, like, I would not want to go there. Like, and I like investigating places or, like, I like the idea of going to a place and blah, blah, blah. Prisons, I don't want to fuck with because it's just sad. But solitary, like they said, the prison within the prison, I, mm mm-mm. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it is. So now we're moving into the segment that I have called Ghost Adventure Notes. Because this is just fun bullets that I have from the Ghost Adventures episode. There was a point in the episode that during the interview phase, one of the people they were interviewing said, quote, you're either the predator or the prey in here. Which one are you? End quote. And Aaron looks at the camera and was like, (laughs) like the look on his face is like, well, I'm fucked and scared either way, honestly. Because I don't remember, but I'm sure that they probably locked Aaron in solitary. And 